0: Welcome to Eczema Out Loud from the National Eczema Association. I'm Danny Morsehead, joined by my colleague Steve Nelson, and today we'll be talking with two couples, Ashley and Josie, and Kimberly and Jake. They'll share with us a bit about what life is like when you're itchy and in love.
1: So I am Ashley Ann Laura. I'm 29 from New Jersey. Um, I've had eczema and was diagnosed with atopic dermatitis when I was a baby, I would say around two years old. And so had it really, really severe all of my life up until maybe... 2015, 2016, uh, when I hopped on Dupixent and started healing little by little. And now I've really transitioned in terms of like how I see my eczema and how eczema plays a part in my life. And, um, Josier came into my life during Dupixent time, so he didn't really get to see the, you know, all of the gruesomeness, I guess you can say, from eczema and from topical steroids withdrawal, which is what I was going through before I entered in my relationship with Josier. Um, But he has uh, played a part in supporting me with all these like mini little eczema flares um, and just being a great support even from afar.
0: Josue, did you have any experience with eczema before you met Ashley?
2: No, actually, um, I guess, you know, I, I would say my experience uh, with eczema was maybe as a child and, in, in, like, seeing other kids with eczema, but not really understanding what it was. I just thought they just had dry skin and they needed lotion. Um, I honestly didn't even know eczema was a, was a thing, I would say, until about maybe, like, my late teens. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, I I don't think I was fully engulfed in what eczema was until I actually met Ashley.
0: So how did you guys meet and how long did it take for you to start talking about uh, skin?
1: So we met in 2016. It was actually, he was a swipe right or a swipe left, whatever that means in Tinder, because I'm no longer on it, clearly. Um, but uh, we met online, and but it actually took me a while to open up about my eczema. Like I remember um, posting more about my eczema, rather than having a conversation with him. So he would see me post a picture on my Instagram of my eczema back in the day. And he'd be like, wow, like I never knew you went through something like this versus having a deep conversation with him about what I was going through. So uh, there was definitely an avoidance when it came to speaking, you know, on my eczema and, um, yeah, it was something that I was very insecure about, even though I was healed, even though I was very clear, even though I wasn't experiencing my eczema at that time when I met him, it was still something that I wasn't willing to share my past with him Um, up until maybe even like a year later after we really started dating.
0: So it took some time to, to talk about it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Um And I, I tell her all the time, and, you know, God forgive me. I don't know if, if I don't know my non-conscious self, had I had met her when she was probably going through her, you know, going through her um, TSW, um, I would have for sure had sympathy for her, but I don't think I probably would have jumped into a relationship with her. Hmm. Um, and I say that being humbly honest, because I, I was a definitely a different person. <laughs> before before I met Ashley. And I'm so happy have, about the person I am today. Um, but And I say that to the sense of the matter because when I met Ashley and I found out that she had eczema, I was like, what are you talking about? When I started to see this person, I was like, is this the same person? Um, I had literally, we were maybe about, like, six months into, like, hanging out with each other, um, maybe, like, another year in hanging out with each other, and now we'll, I'm talking about, like, consistently, right? Um, and then, like, she posts pictures up, and, I'm, and I would just, like, all right, whatever. And I'd just, like, go about my day, go about my business. I mean, and even to the point, um, the first time, because I had met her when she was... I want to say maybe you were about a year in or a couple months into do Pixint. Um, the first time... And I think there's probably, like, a very vulnerable point in time for her um, that I even realized that she had eczema or that she was on treatment for eczema. She was actually injecting herself with dupixent, And she was injecting herself um, in her stomach. That was, like, one of the areas that she injected herself. And what I, I said something to her along the lines, not, like, what are you injecting yourself with? But, like, hey, you should probably do more, like, more abs, or something like that, like completely oblivious to like what she was actually going through or what she was, going, what she was doing. Um, and then again, as I consciously started really investing myself into the relationship, I started getting curious and starting to, you know, really invest myself into, okay, well, what are the things that she's going through that I can then support her with? And then I really started diving into, okay, well, what is eczema? Um, you know talk to me a bit more about what it is that you went through and i I'm, I'm telling you still to this day personally i'm like you had eczema like you went through tsw i look at the pictures and i'm like this can't be the same person um so yeah it's it's been it's been quite a it's been quite a journey and a, and a learning journey for me for sure
0: so what was that talk like, that initial, I guess you could call it the eczema talk? It sounds like it took some time to really dive into the to nitty gritty of what was happening and what happened.
1: Yeah, I think it was more so of a very surface conversation. As Josie mentioned, like And mind you, we're able to talk about this freely because we have both healed from um, you know the words that were said or the responses against my skin or my body, whatever the case may be. But I I was just very hesitant because at that time he was very um, like physical focused, like how you look or how I looked, um, you know, make sure my skin is a certain way, all of these things, and so I was very hesitant on sharing you know, this very vulnerable part of my life that still brings so much uncertainty in the future. Cause I never know when I'm gonna flare up necessarily. I can get an idea of when I'm gonna flare up, but I have no idea. And so, um, I just remember it being very surface level and then little by little slowly growing into it. And even with the proof of pictures being able to give him an idea of what it was like, but even till this day, I don't even think I can verbalize what I went through because I'm still healing from what I went through. I feel like eczema really created a lot of trauma in my life um, in the sense of like not being able to open up or um, just really holding myself back from a lot of aspects of my life. So I still don't know, I still can't verbalize the impact that eczema had on my life uh, so that I can help him understand it. But I know that I, up until this point, we're about three years now into our relationship a little bit over um I can only explain to him as much as I know in this current point in time
2: yeah.
1: totally
2: yeah and I piggyback on that um it was very surfacey. um I was not the when, when we had first met I wasn't really like she said I mean I'm, I'm a pro athlete right and so like I'm I'm everything for me is like physical 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 Um, And then also I had my own like conscious thoughts of like, oh, this is the female that I want to be with. Or or I, you know, a big thing for me, I don't know if she remembers in the beginning was like I didn't like when people touched my face because I felt like, you know, germs and like I don't want to break out into like pimples. Right. I'm over here with like the simple notion of pimples, you know, popping on my face. Then again, she was bedridden with her face flared up, could barely even touch her face because of the pain you right. And then I'm over here like small world problems, right? <laughs> like this pimple on my face. And so don't touch my face. Um, and I think what it was when I really started getting curious was when I really started to accept the fact that, OK, I really like this girl. Um, I really like her happiness. Um, and one of the things that I don't know if she even realized it, but um, I used to eat whatever it is that I wanted. And with her. I'd bring over the same food and be like, hey, babe, eat. But she's like, I can't eat that because it would cause like a reaction. And so I started to change how I ate when I was around her because I felt, okay, if I wanna be with her and I wanna support her, I get to change how I eat. And then slowly going through that process, then I started to learn a bit more about, okay, what are some of the things that she can't put on her skin? What are some of the foods that she can't eat? Because then it would cause a flare up or it would cause some type of irritation. So I think how I was able to learn and how she was able to teach me was through the actual doing and going through it and living through it. And then from that, um, I started to learn and, and understand. And then I had the opportunity to go to the expo and then I got to learn some more from other people. Um, so that's how I've been learning um, from it. And it's not more on the surface level anymore. Um, now it's more in the like, all right, let's sit down and talk about it. Like, how are you feeling in your body? You know, um, okay, what can I do to support you? Um, okay, um, can I read up on anything, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of where we're at now. And, and every day it's still like a learning lesson for me and just growing with her. And, and she said to, she, she just stated, and I don't know if I'm naive in thinking it. And I, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you, babe. Like, I don't see a flare-up happening. So weird, it's weird that like hearing her say that, and I'm like, "I don't know what she's talking about. I think she's completely fine, but all right, cool, whatever. Um, but i I think it's just because the work that she's done on herself, the work that we do together, the community that she's around, um and that she 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 really drives her energy into. It, it's created such a safe space that you know the notion of her having eczema is not even in my mind but I know if it were to happen or something were to happen I'm there no matter what so
0: that's great i was going to ask um how how your how eczema has affected your relationship together as a couple but it sounds like you both just answered that completely so thank you so much
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it's literally i don't think we could ever prepare for eczema for for me living with eczema i don't think there's any preparation that's involved but rather conversations in a way that can support us when the flare-up does happen if that makes sense like um for instance my brother's wedding was a year ago in december and i had a really really bad staph infection i mean on my mouth completely masked up um, before masks even became uh, a thing. And so he was super encouraging, just knowing that I had to walk around with a mask, even though that wasn't normal at that time. And so just really working through it together when the flare up happens. um, That's what's really been supporting us is that we're both open. We are both in communication and um, and just going with the flow whatever the flow brings us
0: that's great you, again you keep answering all my questions
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i guess i'll, I'll ask uh, a bit about confidence so it sounds like you both had uh, a little bit of things coming into your relationship and it sounds like over time that's changed a lot. So I wanted to know, uh, specifically with confidence, if that's changed and how, and if you have any particular stories of, of something that's happened that's provided you with confidence for yourself or for things in your life, even beyond your skin.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, when I, in the beginning of our relationship, uh, when we were just dating, I got into a leadership program that really transformed my life. And that helped me really understand my thoughts. It really helped me understand my trauma. It was like therapy work on the deepest level. And so really coming to the understanding of those things and understanding my past and who I am and what my purpose was, that's what really gave me the confidence. And so Josie also got involved in that program. And for him, it did the same. And this program really supported the both of us in learning how to communicate with each other. I mean, the only reason I was able to share vulnerably what I was going through was because of the therapeutic work that I was doing. So I would say that that was definitely a game changer in our lives when we had decided to invest externally into programs that would help us understand who we are. um, So that when we do have these vulnerable conversations, it's, It's not like, oh no, we can't talk about that or I'm too scared to to have that conversation. No, it was like, here I am, this is who I am. This is what I look like now. I don't know what I'll look like tomorrow. Um, And will you still stay with me? And so that was, you know, that was our relationship. And for me, that was a big booster in moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Um, my DNA is ath- like athletics, right? So my DNA is, oh, I need to be confident. I get to be confident, especially in the field of work in my career. Um, and so initially when, you know, she would go through her, you know, her, her, her process or her routine when she didn't have a flare-up or when she wasn't feeling well, right? My initial mindset would be like, all right, well, let's go. How are you going to pick yourself back up? You know, like, you know, you're, you're good. Like, you're, you're, you're fine. Like, think positive, et cetera, et cetera. And what I came to realize that, okay, yeah, Jay, that works for you, but it doesn't work for her. And it might not work for her. So, like, I get to figure out what works for Ashley. And then it became a compromise, more or less, because then she started understanding what my language was. Right. So when I'm saying that to her, it's not that I'm trying to push her, but that's my way of encouraging her and letting her know that I'm there for her. And then I got to realize that okay, yes, I want to be there for her. In my mindset, this is me being there for her, but that's not landing for her. Right. It's not. It's she's not able to comprehend that I'm trying to encourage her, as opposed to I'm trying to push her out into not feeling the way that she's feeling any longer, or I'm trying to dismiss how she's feeling. Um, And so in both of us understanding that we were able to just, all right, Josie, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me, right? And then I'm like, okay, Ash, well, when I do this, this is what I mean by it. And I, you know, forgive me and I apologize if it came off differently, but I'm glad that we're having this conversation now so that in the future, when I when my automatic goes into like motivation, inspiration mode, I can tell my automatic to shift into manual and then make a cog, make a choice. OK, this is how I know what this is, what I know would support Ashley. So let me go this direction and then just take the feedback and we'll we'll go from there. Um, it's It's right back to the whole understanding of I she can't eat certain foods that I eat. And if I want to support our relationship, I get to support her by bringing foods around that she can eat, you know, and it's not going to kill me to eat healthier, right? It's not, it's not going to kill me to change my diet a bit anyway, especially with my profession. So it's it's really just a compromise. When we realized and when I accepted the compromise, because I've been single, I've been single. single um, you know, I would say for the vast majority of my life and, you know, actually having had been in a very long relationship before me, I was new to this whole boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Right. It's always been like, you know, solo dolo, you know, bachelor life, you know. <laughs> and So having to think about somebody else and care for somebody else the same way that I would care for myself was a very, very, very deep and big transition for me. Um, but because again, like as she mentioned, you know, the support of her going through this program first and then instilling these lessons and these experiences in me before I decided to go and, and take it on also, um, it supported us now, it supported us then, and I'm sure it's gonna support us in the in the very, very near future as well.
0: For sure. Thanks so much for sharing. I have one more question for you, and maybe Steve here has a question as well after. Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for other couples or single people with eczema searching f- to either better the relationship or engage in a relationship.
1: Yeah, I think for me it would be like have that initial conversation and without the expectation of your partner's response. Because oftentimes when we go into these conversations, we already have the thought that it must look a certain way and they must respond a certain way in order for us to feel worthy of their love. And so my invitation is to initiate a conversation without the expectation, of what it'll look like, what it'll sound like, how the other person will respond, et cetera, and go deep. I mean, I have cried in Josie's arms multiple times going through this uh, skin condition. Even while we're apart, we're 3,000 miles apart, I can still call him up and say, hey, this. This is what I'm going through, can you just listen? Can you just be there? You don't need to do anything, just be there for me. And so just really understanding the importance of communication um, and not only receiving his love and support while I'm going through a flare up, but also giving my appreciation and acknowledgement to him. I feel like oftentimes, especially when I was growing up, I never gave the credit to my caregivers that they had deserved. And so I always do my best in making sure that I'm encouraging him, that he's doing a great job, that I thank him for supporting me, that you know I love him dearly. So just first have that initiation, that uh, that first conversation, and then the next thing, just making sure that you're acknowledging one another for what you're going through.
2: Yeah, great point. And a and slight add to that is uh, you're in it together. I think at the end of the day, just remember remembering that you're in it together. Because I, I I've I I've never had eczema. Um, at least that's my thought, right? Um, and and so for me in the beginning, I was very reactive, but I had to remind myself I get to calm down and respond, right? Respond. Choose which response I'm going to take in this moment, so that not only am I present to her, but I'm also present to myself and I'm honest with myself. Um, and creating that space where we can sit down and be honest with each other. At the end of the day, it's really communication. Find out what supports your partner, how, whether particular words might trigger them and, and, and create them to feel a certain way, and then just don't use those words. I mean, we have a vast vocabulary of words to choose from. So find a word that you're able to, or find the phrase that you're able to communicate how you truly feel, where she accepts it or he accepts it, and they realize that you're coming from love as opposed to coming from, you know, a selfish, reactive space. So that's what I, I would add to that.
0: Great. Steve, did you have something to ask?
2: I wanted to ask, um,
4: Ashley, what's the favorite food that Josie doesn't get to make or eat with you anymore that you know he like misses the worst?
1: I would say it's hamburgers, um, <laughs> because when I met him, he was eating hamburgers all the freaking time from everywhere. And I haven't had a hamburger in a long time, although I don't, I've, I've been in and out of transition from like veganism and vegetarianism. Um, but now like I eat vegan burgers. And so when it's time to eat burgers, he'll also eat vegan burgers, which um, took a little you know, a little tug for him to go into the direction. But he was definitely open to it, and he realized that it actually tastes good. And so I would say that's (laughs) one of the things, Dave, that you can't have. I mean, another thing would be like, any type of seafood i am allergic to seafood and and different types of fish and so he's very conscious of like when we go to a restaurant or when we eat with like other people that oh no i can't have this salmon today because i i'm with her so he's he's done a great job in just adjusting and adapting with me
4: that's
2: probably a healthy uh, transition moving away from red meat right you know what it is I think the, the tough part was because in the beginning, we would destroy these burgers together. <laughs> but, like, the next day, she'd feel bad. Like, she'd feel sick. And then slowly but surely, I was like, okay, like, we can't have these burgers anymore. <laughs> and then she's like, babe, you need to have this, like, vegan stuff. And I'm like, ew, curves, vegan, no. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a lot, it's a lot better, you know. You throw some seasoning on that thing, and uh, you're good to go. <laughs> Josie, I was wondering if you could talk real quickly about your training. Yeah, sure. So um, so I'm a professional decathlete, um, and I'm gearing up uh, for now the 2021 Olympics. Um, you know, hopefully the 2020 Olympics that won't turn into the 2022 Olympics are still kind of up in the air. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been a decathlete for the last, I would say, the last seven years now, um, training, you know, twice a day. Um, you know, I had training this morning at 5 a.m., um it's kind of just been my dedication for the last the last 5 years. You know, I was a pro um pro hurdler at first and then I transitioned into the multi events because there just wasn't enough for me to do and um is where I am now. Awesome.
0: All right. I think we covered a lot of it. And I have a whole list of questions and I didn't even have to ask them.
1: Yeah, thank <laughs> this is you. You so answer
0: them yourselves.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one, I thank you, babe, for being on this call and doing this with me. Um, I love you dearly. And, um, I mean, I really appreciate our eczema community, like my love and heart goes to each and every person in the community. And for those who don't even know about this community yet. And so, um, I mean, it's people like you, uh, who really just support us and, and and almost like turn this burden into a purpose. And, and that's what this podcast, I feel like, is providing for us, is is giving us a different perspective to see our eczema, to see our lives, and to see that, you know, one, healing is possible, and two, we can live a normal, in quotes, life outside of eczema, and this is how we do so. Awesome. Yeah. Great.
2: Yeah. Shout outs to both of you guys for again putting yourselves out there. I think this is actually pretty cool um and the the eczema community uh you know I tell Ashley a lot I take a lot of strength from Ashley and the eczema community um for what everyone goes through and 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 what they've what they're living through actually and what they're growing through um for a person who normal um you know has normal skin, I would definitely say you know. If, if, I don't know if I could be in Ashley's shoes, you know, I don't know if I could be in anybody else's shoes that's gone through TSW, but what I can definitely say is I can see what they've gone through and be inspired to get through whatever it is that I need to get through on my day to day because of, you know, the just the tenacity, the willpower and the strength that they emit and that they're openly sharing with the world. Um, I mean you guys are heroes, whether you know it or not. So I appreciate I appreciate all of you and um this opportunity. This is cool. This is dope.
0: Thanks so much. You guys you're both such inspirational uh people and we're really excited to have had you on.
1: Thank you both awesome, so much again. Thank you. Awesome you guys. Great to connect. Training, we'll talk to you too. soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
5: Jake Fricky. Uh, I live in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, which is on Cape Cod. Um, Let's see. Uh, I met my I met my wife now. She's my wife, which is very exciting. Um, uh, (laughs) Many years ago, in this is a very small community. Uh, We have maybe like thirteen hundred year-round residents, and so everybody basically knows everybody and inevitably you meet um we we sort of bonded over boats which is a defining sort of feature of our relationship and our collective lives um to this day we have many boats in our yard currently uh which is which is very fun it's winter time of course so the boats are mostly out of the water there's still one one boat remaining um in the water but
0: fishing boats or sailing boats or rowing boats Uh, yes (laughs) <laughs> and
3: you forgot pleasure boats.
5: Yes, uh, all of the, all of the boats are are recreational. <laughs> There's no money making enterprises uh, these days. Um, Only
3: money losing, really. But um, but yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs> so so yeah. Let's see. I'm I'm Jake Fricky. I'm from Woods Hole, and uh, and this is my wife Kimberly. Hi,
3: I'm Kimberly Ulmer, wife of Jake Fricky.
0: How long have you been together?
3: Um. I don't really know. <laughs> ten years, maybe.
5: I could get behind ten years. We've been married for three, two, and a half. Two and a half.
3: You can tell that anniversaries are really like hardcore for us.
5: Well, I know that we got married <laughs> yeah. in June, so we so we met through town and and working on boats, and we were friends at first, and then, eventually, I convinced her that that we should go out. It took a while, but. It was a success in the end.
0: Let's dive into the eczema questions. So did you have eczema when you first met or did it develop over time? And maybe um, we should start off with which of you has eczema, if not both.
5: Uh, So I'm the one with eczema. Um, I have had eczema for my whole life. Um, I got it from my mother. She has very bad eczema also. uh, And she has always... Said, "Oh, honey, I'm so sorry that I gave that to you," and um, it's uh, it's just it's just the ongoing thing, whole life. I would say that my eczema really goes in waves, um, and some of that is probably self-induced, mm-hmm. and some of it is unknown you know, just the the way of the world.
4: How's the cold weather affect it? Because that's something that I think may be different with some of the folks we talk about who live in warm climates versus cold climates. Is it worse in the wintertime? Definitely. Dry.
5: Um, you know, it's really dry in the winter time and you're and you're often wearing you know, whatever more clothes and the same clothes over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. like your trusty pair of flannel lined pants that you keep wearing every day, um, or like, you know, wool gloves, um, you know, and you really want to wear them because they are warm. But,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you know, but it, it, that, that definitely makes a difference, you know, even, you know, like whatever, just like an afternoon of wearing a set of wool mittens or something you know i can tell my skin is different after that yeah, i also totally. think
3: I don't have eczema but i think it's interesting seeing just from jake and his mom that it presents itself differently and in different places on them like jake his hands are probably the the most noticeable body part that suffers from it and that's not the case with his mom and other people um and i find that interesting
0: mm-hmm Kimmy, what was your relationship with eczema before you met Jake? Um,
3: nope, probably had like, you know, offhand heard like a commercial a talking about eczema or seen an ad in a in a magazine, but it was not a part of my life or anyone I knew of's life. So um, yeah, basically knew nothing until I met Jake.
0: So do you have any memories of, of meeting him and, and finding out that he has eczema? Um, I don't think it's
3: for him because it's not like he has a splotch on his face or um, sort of anything noticeable from the outside it wasn't until I'd say we spent more sort of like intimate time together and you could notice he would scratch his hands um, or scratch behind his knees and and if you don't spend a lot of time with someone whatever people have scratches and they scratch but when you're spending a bunch of time you realize like oh this dude scratches the palms of his hands a lot and and I asked him like what's going on and and when I first met Jake, when we were still friends even, he had a friend who was experimenting with changing his diet to affect his eczema in a good way um, to help whatever remediate it. And he had bad eczema on his feet, as I recall. Um, and so he was going to go off gluten to try to help his foot eczema. And he said to Jake, it's going pretty well. You might want to try this. Um, so I thought it was... I didn't know anything about eczema. I thought it was interesting that Pete's feet were itchy, but Jake's hands were itchy. Um, and then I thought it was really cool that that diet really could have an effect um, on on the sort of presentation of it and severity
5: of it.
0: So, did you work through any particular diets together to try and find out what might be um, a culprit food?
5: Yeah, we um, we we have gone we've gone. We've gone all the, you know, all the way to the, you know, broccoli, chicken and rice every day, every meal for for a month um, and then back again. And and there's a lot of culprit food. Um, And I've gotten like the allergy test from the allergist and the allergist says I'm not allergic to anything. But, man, if I if I eat gluten, I get really bad Mm. eczema.
4: So I Kimmy. I asked this question of the other couple this morning. Um, is there a food that you miss being able to eat whenever you want because you have to eat with Jake all the time?
3: <laughs> yes and no. And I don't always eat gluten free. Like I keep, I keep my own sourdough bread in the freezer for myself. Um, and in the beginning, there weren't a lot of gluten free food options. You know, ten years ago is a long time ago. And so some of the pastas were pretty terrible. Um, They turned to mush. They're mostly rice-based, but um, the gluten-free pastas come a long way. I also really love rice and potatoes. So um, luckily we can eat those starches. I would say I miss pizza, but there's no good pizza where we live on the Cape. So that's just like overall, I miss pizza. Um, And it's funny when I visit my sister, she's, she always asks, what gluten items do you want to eat this week? And she knows I want pizza always. Um, but I would say it hasn't been too annoying cooking-wise. I think it's kind of a fun challenge. When when we were cutting out a lot of things, sort of waiting for that allergy test, and we were experimenting with no dairy and no nightshades and no citrus, and that, that was really hard because the nightshades included, you know, white potatoes and tomatoes and man mm. i love tomatoes um so to me just cutting out the gluten is is not hard but going beyond that's it does start to get tricky um
2: yeah
0: are there other lifestyle changes you've had to consider to mitigate the eczema potentially move or other things
5: um no i haven't moved um or anything like that um your mother
3: always says she could never live in Arizona cuz it's so dry.
5: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily want to move to a place that was very dry. You know, it's fairly humid here in the summer and and then I mean it gets a little dry in the winter, but it's not it's not I mean, we you know, we have dehumidifier or a humidifier going right there right now. But um but I haven't I haven't really had to like to do that. There certainly have been like periods where You know, like I I was an oyster farmer prior to uh, I'm now a land surveyor, but um, and there certainly were like parts of the of the oyster farming that made my skin worse. Um, And I didn't I didn't choose to allow it to affect my life, but it certainly could have. Um, You know, you're like very dirty all the time. You're very wet all the time. And uh and that combination is really bad. Um, you know, like you go and dig in the garden for an afternoon and don't wear gloves and your hands blow up. Um and so (laughs) just imagine that every single day. Um but but you know, like that, I don't know, it's it and it like I said, it kind of goes in waves, you know, like um there was a period maybe like three or four years ago where like I didn't I didn't wanna like shake people's hands i didn't want to like high five like my hands were just like bleeding all the time and it was really really uncomfortable um and and that was is sort of at the in a transition period from the oyster farm to now what i'm doing and and that was at the time that was when i got those allergy tests done to just sort of like see if there was whatever i could figure something out and um, and I, you know, basically cut everything out of my diet, um, and, and it worked, you know, um, I mean, maybe, maybe it was, you know, certainly there was a component of stress. I don't necessarily need to get into the whole story, but, um, I absolutely believe stress affects my eczema, uh, and, um, and in that period. Where the where the oyster farm was sort of falling apart, my life was extremely stressful, um, and my eczema got really bad. And then I tried to mitigate it by not eating anything, um, which which sort of helps, definitely. Um, but now that you know my, my life is less stressful, now I eat a, a lot of those things that I probably shouldn't eat, and I sort of live with the consequences associated therein. Um, except for gluten. Except for gluten, I still I'm I do not eat gluten, but. I basically, I'll eat everything else and then it's just moderation. Um, you know, like whatever. Like, if I eat salsa like seven days a week, my hands are going to blow up. And that's just the way that it is. Um, this is a lifelong, lifelong battle for me that um, will never end. That, you know, it's, yeah, it's not going anywhere. And when I was yeah. a kid, it was on my feet uh, huh. really bad and all like in my elbow my elbows, I always, even, even when I was like a baby baby, I had Mm -hmm. elbow eczema. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I had like the classic, you know, like croup as a kid, which then progressed into like actual like eggs or asthma. Um, you know, I had the inhaler, um, used it, used it all the time, had got really bad pneumonia in high school. Um, because, because my, my system was just like, prone to getting ill basically um with with um you know whatever breathing disorders and um got hospitalized I mean my mom thought I was gonna die it was really it was really bad um Mm. but recently no but it's really like it's it's (laughs) faded um and maybe it's faded because because my you know my whatever my diet has changed, you know, like if, if the yeah. if the food that I'm eating is affecting my skin. And I also have arthritis, um, which is associated with the same trigger foods. And, and so if if those, those things are reduced by not eating the foods, then almost certainly the eggs the out the asthma is reduced by not eating the foods.
4: Yeah, I don't think most people know about that or talk about that, right? That like asthma can actually also have a really um interesting relationship with your diet
5: yeah you know it's all like you just imagine imagine the like you know the eczema on your hand and all those little bubbles under your skin happening <laughs> in your lung you know like
4: <laughs> I don't want to imagine that
0: <laughs> Um I'd like to take you guys back to the start of your relationship again um, yes. when you first met did you have to explain your eczema to Kimmy? Did did Kimmy, did you find it on your own? Do you remember if there were any conversations?
3: It probably was the hand scratching, and then I think I probably asked to see his hands, and I can't remember if the first time I saw them they were really bad because now, of course, when I notice him scratching, I'll say, oh, how are your hands? And sometimes they're fine, and sometimes they look really bad. Um, but I don't feel like it was something that he needed to explain
0: did it ever affect how you showed affection to one another maybe if food was your love language sounds like you might have had to (laughs) change that up
5: that's an interesting question i don't i don't think so i mean
0: only
3: the time when it was really bad like he said when his hands were in pain and he wouldn't shake people's hands i feel like
5: I didn't I feel like I
3: was afraid to like touch him. I was afraid to like cook anything, but like he said, like chicken rice and broccoli with like a little bit of olive oil. It was like, I was just nervous (laughs) and it was a really stressful time. So that was a bad, that was a bad couple months, but otherwise I don't feel like
5: she was never like affronted by the, like the giant red patch on the back of my knee or whatever, you know, like I can imagine that some, you know, whatever, some some people who are more uh, whatever vain perhaps or mm-hmm. something would be yeah. would be more concerned about about that. But you know, like in the summertime, you know, I've got my bathing suit on, and like whatever, one of my knees has got like a patch. that's like this big on the back of it, and you know, my elbow maybe has a patch or like whatever. You know, it just kind of like moves around. But you know, it can be like pretty ugly sometimes. Um, but and I, I would
3: say mostly. If I see it, I'm concerned that he's in pain and then I'm concerned that I've been, whatever, putting too much tomato or something mm-hmm. in our food. Um,
4: Let me tee up this question. What is the most romantic Valentine's Day dish you could think of together making that would not inflame any of your conditions? Oh, uh, man. That's a good question.
3: Well, we did just go in on a half a lamb share from the local oh, farm, yeah. so maybe... Oh,
0: Lamb.
4: Local
3: potatoes. meat. Definitely something chocolatey for dessert. Did you say
0: tomatoes? I thought that was a, a red flag food. <laughs>
3: Sorry, potatoes. Oh.
4: Potatoes.
3: I feel like lamb has to go with potatoes.
4: That sounds good. Some winter, No tomatoes. Winter food. No
0: um, tomatoes, no. I have a general one. Um, has eczema brought you closer together in any ways? Hmm. Sounds like maybe you're more in tune with not only dietary things, but uh when patches come up you you might wonder what it is that's triggering them.
3: Yeah, and I mean I call myself a biologist, so I'm not squeamish about bodies, but I would say it it has made me pay more attention to Jake's body in that I am looking to see that he's looking okay <laughs> um and and noticing if he's got a particularly not great patch of skin. Um whereas in a non-eczema individual I might might not really like scan their skin
4: (laughs) do you ever think that do you ever use jake's eczema to maybe wonder if he's stressed um like like almost like a reveal like a tell
3: yes but i also now that we are back to eating Mm -hmm. most things except gluten it's more muddled but Mm -hmm. it was definitely clear from the super stressful time that the oyster farm
4: stuff yeah
3: affects it
5: um and like she said you know the water is is muddled you know like i there have been periods in my life where i was like very militant about the food that i ate and the and you know like all the little things and if And I am, I am 100% sure that if I do everything, I can almost eliminate my eczema. Hmm. Um, Wow. And, but, but in, in doing so, I...
3: You invite new stress, I feel like. I
5: am, well, yeah, but you know, like I'm, I'm like shutting the door on a bunch of other things that, you know, make life wonderful, like cheese, you know, like, <laughs> and so, and yeah. so, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of sort of take the middle road now and I accept, you know, there's like an acceptable level of discomfort, which, which I will put up with and everybody has their own whatever <clears throat> iteration of what that really is. But, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, like I, but it, but it's so it's hard to say because I'm kind of like always doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And and so, you know, what you know, what is causing it? Well, it's kind of like everything. It's the split pea soup because because peas and beans give me eczema problems. But, you know, like split pea soup is kind of good. You just can't eat it like seven <laughs> meals in a row. And
3: but it, maybe it's brought us closer in that. Like, I don't know. We talk talk about being stressed as well. You know, I know food is a part of it, but stress is definitely a part of it. And I feel definitely. like maybe in the mm. beginning of our relationship, we didn't talk about, are you stressed as much? Um, and then the big bad stressor moment happened. And then it was like, okay, we should be talking about it are stressed.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you have any uh, stories about maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have this at all, but uh, something about the lowest of lows, uh, the worst of your eczema, how you got through it, how you might've leaned on each other, or helped each other through it.
5: Um, I remember one time we were, I may be slightly conflating the story, but I'll, I'll tell it the way that I remember it anyway. I remember one time when, when my, when my, my hand eczema was really, really bad and I was rowing a boat out to, to get to another boat. And it, it became very obvious very quickly that I was not actually able to row the boat, um, it was like, it was just not, I was, I wasn't going to get there. Well, I might've been able to get there, but it wasn't going to work out well. And, <clears throat> and so Kimberly offered to, to row. And so we like changed positions in the boat and then she rowed us over there. Um,
3: and I'm not very good at rowing.
5: And she doesn't, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't really like and to row. And on top of it,
3: I don't like it.
5: <laughs> um, but, but like, it was really, I mean, I was, I was physically unable to do it. And I, you know, I was, whatever, I was going to try, but man, it just didn't, it just hurt so bad. And, you know, I mean, life is too short.
4: To to not go out on the water. Yeah,
5: totally. Um,
0: Did you ever have to cut out
5: oysters? No. uh, Oysters, as far as I can tell, never had any negative effect on my, uh, on my eczema, the cocktail sauce, but Really good oysters don't need anything on them anyway, so so that was uh, that was good. Uh, I don't know if I can recall any other times where it like really. Oh, no, that's that's a great like.
4: I mean, it's such a clear visual too. Like shuffling around trade positions in the boat, handing off the oars, possibly tipping over.
3: <laughs> We're pretty Cape Cod, as it turns out.
4: <laughs> yeah, you guys are a totally hardcore Cape Cod.
0: Thanks so much. It's so great to have you guys on and meet you.
5: All right. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Eczema Out Loud. You can visit the National Eczema Association at www.nationaleczema.org. If you have feedback on this episode or you'd like to send in a suggestion for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at nationaleczema.org. We hope you'll join us next time.